to this episode. Uh, you can see, and I've been managing to record an even worse quality recording because I'm out continuing to scout an ultra run I want to do in March. And it turns out the headphones I've got do not have mics. And I'm just listening. Uh, so, this is a phone in the pocket, but to be honest, the whole audio quality of this podcast is pretty much that. I wonder how the people persevere, uh, but I can't see myself being one of those people in a studio doing podcasts. It just seems not very conducive to thinking on the spot, which is what I'm doing. Got plenty of other places where I have to think deeply, say what I think, take data. But this one is a bit more free flowing, even though I do have some notes, mental notes, about what I want to talk about. And the first thing is changes. Change. And I have finally. So everything is different now. Everyone can have a new personality. Find a way to. <laughs> oh, I can't even. Straight face, to be honest. Oh, but I did think about um, helping friends that are trying to make decisions on their uncertainty. Because that's kind of. <laughs> my general interest. So, for New Year's, instead of uh, doing uh, resolutions or the Bulgarian tradition of uh, drawing the equivalent of like Lucky Charms, Lucky Charms, or they're more like the, the stuff you see, you get in a, in a Chinese, uh, what do you call it, fortune cookies, yeah. So, didn't do that, but I'd make it a bit more fun. So, uh, got the, the I Ching, I think it should be pronounced Ching, the Chinese uh, ancient book of, book of changes. Uh, which you're not familiar with, is uh, supposed to be helping you when you don't know what to do. And it's, uh, you know, long story short, it's a bit like tarot reading. It's a woo-woo, it's not a fen, uh, but uh, I try to keep respectful because uh, there is a Pascal's wager going on there because if it works, I don't want to not benefit from it because it definitely worked for me. So it's one of those things where Actually, all the other guys that had some, some reading from that helped them. Uh, so I also watched a few lectures on the, the philosophy of the teaching just to try and figure out what the hell it's about. Uh, but I did have a friend a long time ago introduce me to it as this idea of uh, asking a really wise old monk on the top of a mountain. That was the image he was. Is drawing, and it's interesting that when you 
look at the descriptions of the Cheng because it's uh, how it was compiled. It, it seems it's it's compiled knowledge over generations because different parts of the text seem to be dated from a different time. So in a sense, it can be seen as received wisdom. It can be seen as mysticism. It can also be seen as uh, a type of uh, uh, cross-generational set of heuristics but then I think I'm trying to force it into the, the heuristics category because that's what I'm interested in so that's what I want to explore so how you read the I Ching is uh, that you're struggling with a problem that you don't know what to do with and you ask the question and you, you very clearly set the question that you've got and you ask the book and there's methods of asking and whether you're going to be throwing the bones that they discovered a long time ago or do coin flips to establish what you should be reading um, I think the purpose of it listening to some of the some of the philosophy talk around that was uh, basically you try to remove your subjectivity out of the situation you accept you're not in control, at least not rationally in control. So what meditators might identify as the small mind or I guess ego kind of stuff. But then I don't know if that equates to your axiomatic rationality of that people have, you know, logical stuff. So when logic can't solve your problem, it makes no sense logically. Uh, and the problem situation is not structured. You are not aware of at least one of the three, you know, the beginning, the, the process, or the end. Then, you know, why not try the tools that are for that? So, we did it, you know, uh, we kept it private, but people did say it was helpful, because the way it works, it speaks in broad language. So, I guess, how is it different from astrology uh, and face value it isn't because it speaks broadly and then you read into it uh, but no I don't think there is a rational uh, defense of it it's properly rational this but it helped oh yeah I guess what it does help with is if you have the understanding that your implicit assumptions about the situation could be made explicit by looking at something outside of you and that's what tarot does but it's very much identity driven because the cards have different identities yeah. and uh, the I Ching is more about um, it's more metaphysical it talks about the nature of things the nature of reality the situation you're in more broadly so that makes me think about some of the other stuff I've been paying attention to outside of starting to write uh, for the PhD a bit more seriously over the Christmas period and it's, it's a interesting course by Marvin Minsky an AI researcher I think it was an MIT where 
he was having a discussion with a with a student. I asked him why in his lineup of philosophers he wish wishes. He had the ability to chat. Didn't have any and he was very dismissive of Eastern philosophy, and because it didn't develop into science, it was always connected to religion. Uh, and. I guess it made me think about some of the beliefs that and even if they're not true, why it works, why do they make them feel so good? Thank you. 
to AI to Mars but I've been listening to Elon Musk go to uh, the Christmas podcast may I research that
jets flying. They're actually going to something that's more current with a foggy landscape in it. And I was like, huh. you know, maybe more real. I guess it's never. But, yeah, I don't know, it wants to be real. No way. Like, what does it matter? These are ideas, but I just want to have this. Someone might have talked about it before me, but I want to have it on record. Came up, drove on my own. Someone appeared in the line, done that trip, ideas, or you know that someone is like miles ahead of this one. I was like, there. not very scientific, you get it? It's not what I do. My day job, but I, I need freedom. That's mine. This is wrong. And oh, it's just a research project that I think could be fun to do. See what's the, the experience of scientists doing research. And I think it's probably done, but I think it's a more fundamental thing. It just comes from a place where I think originally people wanted to know more about the universe to live a good life. And I see loads of scientists and smart people living. Uh, Figure out what the hell's going on because, like, the kind of research I do, it's you know, a lot of based, but practical, and I get to talk to people, which I get such a buzz out of. You know, like, my research sessions are the best thing. Like, I get to explore with people some topics rather than stick to a telescope. So, I don't think everyone's having that experience. Mapping that and comparing, you know, from the bottom up, it could be an interesting study about, you know, practice of science. I think that, that already existed. Why did I think mine would be different? I think, oh yeah, it would be cool to compare them to philosophers, right? So, both are competing for making claims about truth and all that stuff. And, I don't know, it could be a nice comparative study. So you're going to go like, not just the which, because well, I guess my assumption now that I'm talking about it is that philosophers might have a better life.
Huh? Maybe this is as far as it gets. Bad idea. Bad idea even from the I don't know, I like that. But you think it's good until you, you try and write it out or expand on it. And then, it's a uh, gobshack. Maybe it was. Oh, yeah, I was definitely running at the time. Like that. Runner high going. Maybe I thought I was on something. Pretty thin, though. But, you know, that's how you go then. Let's uh, things out. Find out. What do you really think? Test it out. Uh, which actually makes me think about the simple rule of thumb that I found out from a writer. He's a writer in podcast, Mike Mallet. Again, he was extremely podcast. So he said he's got a pile of scraps when he writes. I always just think I should have for the thoughts that like come up as you're writing, and then when you edit, you're like, oh, this doesn't fit. Uh, maybe I'll use it for something else. So I used to think, oh, I'll, I'll then work them into short abstracts. Just ready for whenever I come back to it, you know, into my future research program. I actually never get to do that and I don't want to get distracted, so I created a file called Scraps and it straight away helped me let go of ideas that don't fit the key arguments we're trying to have in the conference uh, again the recommendation from people that I interacted with and then I think I'm ready to write out some results and I just then start that I, I realized I was having a mental block of again thinking that I'm gonna write out the results in like one go and sitting with other writing sometimes what I expect it to feel like is what that microbiologist is feeling uh, just watching the microscope but when I actually do it it always feels good so the expectation doesn't match the reality all right that's it for today